Lots of talk of love. Never, ever, ever will I ever get tired of it. Hopefully someday I'll remember it every moment of every day, right? What a ch challenge, you know? So it's February, and it's heart-healthy month, right? Everyone's talking about having a healthy heart, and it's a big thing in the medical world, you know. But it's also the month that we celebrate Valentine's Day, which is romantic love. And so, as for some, it could be great. For others, not so much, you know, if they've lost a love. And, and if that's the case, we get to remember the words of, of our spirit guide, Silver Birch, who said, Death has no power to separate those whom love has joined together and made them one in spirit. We always have that love within us, and we get to carry it with us all the time. So in addition to romantic love, there's the power of love, which we've all talked a lot about, I've talked a lot about, you've heard a lot about, which resides behind our heart. And it's that love that is in the inherent power, if allowed to be expressed, in one's life will transform every inharmony, will heal every disease, will transmute every negative condition into part of a harmonious whole. The results of this kind of love are always good. But do not confuse sentiment and sympathy with this kind of love. I'm speaking of purified, transcendent power of divine love that expresses itself through you and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. We all, yes, you too, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> it expresses itself through you and me when we open our hearts and minds to it, when we recognize it and we encourage it. First John 4.18 says, There is no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Last week, Kenneth sang the song, what if I believe the Christ in me? And one of the lines of that song is, the same great love that casts out fear, the same compassion that draws us near. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God is love. And there are many paths to enlightenment, but no matter what path we take, no matter who it is, one thing all the mystics agree on is that God is love. Now there's a light in the heart, in the heart's heart. And that's our power of love. It's the love that liberates. Now, most of us, um, especially myself, have known love that wants to claim. A love that possesses and seeks to own. A love that's terrified that it will end. A love that tries to control, a love that wants to change what it loves. A love that is, has ardent roots in the ego. A love that is in fact not love at all, but we call it love because for most of us it's all that we've ever known. Now you guys have heard me talk about how whenever I choose a talk, at some point something has to happen in my life and I have to live it. And this month, it, 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 <laughs> It happened yesterday, and it was really challenging, and still is challenging. Um, uh, somebody I love very much is making choices and decisions that could be the end of her life. And I just cried. And I went, woke up this morning and said, 
what am I to think of this? What, what is really going on here, God? And the answer I got is, they're tired. They've dealt with this for 40 years and they're tired. And, you know, when somebody decides that they no longer want to have cancer treatments, they're done. I can respect that, but also be sad about it. It's an empowered decision and it's a decision made from love. But yet, that doesn't mean that I have to love the decision. <laughs> I have to not have judgment and love them anyway and still feel my sadness about it. So when we break enough or we completely are broken and shattered, we recognize that we have no control over any of it, right? All we are left with is love. And that's what I'm, I'm feeling right now is to just be in that place of love and not judgment and know that I really have no control over what somebody else does as an adult. Once I tried to do something, probably more than once, but with this particular person, I thought I was guided to do something. And as a result of that, they no longer want to have a relationship with me. And I, I was chosen to say, okay, I have to accept their choices and love them anyway. And know that that's the kind of love that we're ta I'm talking about here. To not try and hold on, not try to claim. It's the love that liberates and it comes from within us. So why do we forget that we have that love? We don't only forget our own experience of it, but we also forget that it exists at all. And I only know when I remember. And I remember when things like I look into the eyes of a child or my grandchild. I remember that kind of love because those babies, they have nothing other than their love to give back. And it's this unbelievable love. Or when I see a sunset, or when I listen to Kenneth sing, or when I listen to anybody at open mic sing, they stand up and they're willing to open up their heart and just speak and sing. It's beautiful. I love it. Each one of us is one beautiful aspect of God, a living expression of God, unrepeatable, unique, irreplaceable ray of God. Each and every one of us is perfect love as we are. We are not separated from God. We are one with God. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, the scripture says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And that's where the title of my talk came from, the greatest of them all. Now in this scripture, I read different interpretations of it, and it's understood as a way of life lived in imitation of Jesus Christ that is focused not on oneself, but on the other and his or her good. This love is about action, how a person lives for God and how a person lives for others and serves them. Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, same exact scripture says, the reason for all things is love. Division is the opposite of love because division excludes. Love cannot exclude. Love is whole, knowing only truth. Become as an empty shell to know love. That is your reason. That is your true desire. To look at the world and decide it by judging is not love. And so it is not what you want. Lay down what you do not want and accept joyfully that which you do. Trust 
is the means and love is the reason. Give everything to trust in the Holy Spirit because love is all that you desire. We all desire one thing, the greatest of them all, right? And the absolute truth is that you and I, we are all love. We're perfect exactly as we are without changing a thing. You're perfect living expressions of God, of love. And yet, we're all works in progress. You wouldn't be here listening if you didn't think you had a little work to do. <laughs> Another truth is that we forget, right? We all forget. We become insecure, frustrated, afraid. The other day I heard there's one line in the Bible that's repeated 365 times, and it is, do not be afraid. Fear is just one of the signs that we have forgotten who we are. All of us have ways that we can step into that love more clearly, more beautifully, in our human experience, in our human lifetimes, in our human relationships. I don't know about you, but my experience of relationships are the graduate course of life. It's easy to love you guys here on Sundays when I see you once a, once a week and we're talking about love, but put me in the room with someone one-on-one -on -one and they say something that reminds me of something my mother said that hurt my feelings. I don't know, love goes right out the window for me, you know? It's just, where did that go? So in every 12-step program, there's a step four. And that step four is to take a fearless and moral inventory of our character defects. And I remember Sean saying, and I was like, wow, that is so, I believe it's true, that we all only have one character defect. And that one character defect is that we forget that we are made from and of love. Everything else is a symptom of that one forgetting. And we all have our own version of that forgetting. One of my symptoms is striving to be perfect, perfectionism. I heard once that perfectionism is a form of self-abuse. Brene Brown, in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, says, perfectionism is not the same thing as striving to be your best. Perfectionism is not about healthy achievement and growth. Perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect, act perfect, we can minimize or avo avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame. It is a shield. It is a 20-ton shield we think will protect us, but in fact... It is the thing that is preventing us from taking flight. It is a sort of control we think we have, but it's an illusion. It doesn't work. Life is a process of letting go. When I was younger, whenever I had to let go of something, it had my claw marks in it. Now, I've gotten much better about that. Although, sometimes I still try and hold on, ask my husband, he'll let you know. But... We think that we're protecting it, and we're clenching, and our fist is closed. But as we let go, we open our hand and look. Not only are we giving, but we're ready to receive. We're open to receiving. There's no giving and receiving and clenching. There's no giving and receiving and holding on that tight. And giving and receiving is the same thing, right? If I want to give something, somebody's got to receive it. And if I want to receive something, somebody's got to be willing to give. It's a cycle. We can't do one without the other. So when you feel yourself taking 
hold. Take a breath. Even our breath tells us giving and receiving. We inhale, we receive, we exhale, we let go. And that whenever I teach meditation, I remind people to inhale for the count of four, exhale for the count of six, because we need to learn so much more about letting go than we need to learn about receiving. So we exhale for a count of six. It's kind of like a little, little lesson within the meditation. And when we live from this open place, people can see our imperfections and our, and our vulnerabilities. And it gives them permission to do the same. We are all perfectly imperfect. In Matthew 5.48, it says, you must be perfect. Meaning, I know what is true about life and reality, and therefore you must be perfect. We are perfect because we are love, the greatest of them all. And you are also imperfect because you are human. So we have the absolute and the relative. And perfectionism shuts down creativity. It shuts down the enjoyment of the process. Creativity is not something we manage. It is something that we allow. Artists know this. They make space for it to happen, and then they get out of the way. David Friedman says his songs write him. He stays open to the love that's coming through him. And the songs write him. What a great example. He lets love be revealed through his work. So let love be revealed through your work. Let love be revealed through your relationships. Open and allow. We are called to know both perfect or perfect perfection and imperfection. And this was another great one. It is in our imperfection that our divine perfection can be revealed. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, God says, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. Wow, what a relief. What a relief. Our problems are the path, the stepping stones into who we are called to be. In our imperfection is where God's perfection is revealed. But we have to be open. We have to be open to loving ourselves in this way. We have to be willing to trust to love ourselves in this way. So to go within and seek the kingdom and follow the guidance that is shared. Brene Brown also said in The Gifts of Imperfection, Perfectionism is, at its core, about trying to earn approval and acceptance. Most perfectionists were raised being praised for achievement and performances. Grades, manners, rule-following, people-pleasing, appearances, sports. Somewhere along the line, we adopt this dangerous and debilitating belief system. I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. We please, we perform, we perfect. Healthy striving is self-focused. How can I improve? Perfectionism is other-focused. What will they think of me? So as I said earlier, it is in our imperfection that God's perfection is revealed. And that happens in the way that we love, in the way that we love ourselves and the way that we love others. My home group, my 12-step program is codependency. And when I realized this, I became insatiable with what I read and my self-help classes and workshops and retreats. And I wanted all my friends to come with me because I was such a great codependent, right? I didn't want to do it alone. <laughs> But, you know, what was the point of getting healthy if I was going to do it all by myself? <laughs> but for those of you who don't know uh, what codependence is, my sense of who I am was dependent on what you thought about me. And I only felt worthy if I was in a romantic 
love relationship. And over time, I learned I could be independent rather than codependent. I could find my strength within myself, give myself approval. I was okay without a partner. I finally learned and lived the slogan, what you think of me is none of my business. That is where and when I first learned self-love. To be in a healthy, romantic, one-on-one -on -one relationship, I had to learn interdependence. It requires risk, openness, authenticity, honesty, and vulnerability. And we come to unity to learn this and to practice it and to grow and to learn to love this way. Wherever you are, you're okay. Now there's many places in the Bible that we hear about love and one of my favorite is Psalm 23. <laughs> it's, it shares how King David was so sure and confident of his oneness with God, it reminds me of my oneness and speaks to how knowing it empowers me. I'm going to read the psalm, and then I'm going to share an interpretation that just feeds me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water, and he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know. Does that sound like love to you? And I'm going to break it down using, of course, Carlos Anderson's interpretation and some of mine in there, too. But it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm in relationship. I start out in relationship with God, and that God is within me. And I shall not want, because God is my source and supply. I am prosperous. It's here all the time. I just have to see it, receive it, allow it. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I'm comforted, and I'm guided. He restores my soul. By God's spirit within me, my, my soul is healed. I am healed. I have to just keep remembering that. And as I heal, as my heart heals, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. He guides me the right way. And I begin to praise God and say, thank you, God. Because the more I say that, God lives in the praise of people. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, tough times, right? We're all going to have tough times at some point in our life. I fear no evil, for thou art with me. God is always with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That is the I am that I am, the rod and the staff. That is protection. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's hope. That gives me hope knowing that. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. My heart is so full when I remember this. So the next time you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, I ask you to praise God. Say, thank you, God. It helps. You may say, why? Why should I praise God when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death? Praise God because it's just a shadow. It's not a representation of the truth. Every time I'm looking at the shadow, I've turned away from the light. 
So I have to turn back to the light, get back on track, turn around, and then with courage and conviction, speak your truth, affirm your declaration, just like David did. And you could say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Matthew 5:15 to 16, it says, no one after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all the houses. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Show up, speak up, stand up, be authentic. Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament says that exact same scripture says, all that brings meaning to the world is you. For you are all that is. Your truth is your light. It is your truth that shall shine and be known, that all men may see their truth within you and know it is within them too. In the Gospel of Thomas, I'm just giving you example after example, so maybe we'll remember, maybe I'll remember when I leave here. <laughs> uh, the Gospel of Thomas is a Gnostic gospel, which means it's not in the Bible. It was found afterwards. If you bring forth that which is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you bring forth that which is with, if you do not bring forth that which is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. There is a gift of God in you and it wants to be delivered through your life. You are the only one who can deliver it. And it's your fear that keeps you from doing that. It's my fear, I know that. And I'm here to tell you, we need you. We need everybody showing up and sharing from that place in their heart. Bring your perfect and imperfect self to us because that love, the greatest of them all, is what we need most on this planet right now. It is the allness of each of you. Like I said earlier, Kenneth saying, if I believe the Christ in me, I would have so much power. There's a Reverend Jim Webb said, when we come from the Christ consciousness within us, we all have that consciousness, right? We all have the Christ consciousness. We are accessing the consciousness that created heaven and earth. <laughs> that was shocking to me. Now, I come here every week, and I hear similar things, but when I heard it put that way, I was like, wow. Heaven and earth was created by the same consciousness that lives within me. I want to remember that more frequently than I do right now. So I'm here to say we need it now. You are the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. You are the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. So what are you thinking? So I'm going to summarize. Open your heart and allow love in and share love. Shine your light. Speak your truth. Come from that place within you. Remember, problems are the path, the stepping stones into who you are called to be. In your imperfection is where God's perfection is revealed. Be the love you came here to be because we need it. It is the greatest of them all. I want to say thank you. I'm your sister in prayer, possibility, and power. I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. Until we see each other again, know that you are blessed and a blessing. Wow.